Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And out in the night out, you're tuning in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride. Talk podcast family, how's it going? It is eight o'clock Wednesday night. That means one thing, one thing only. It is time for the Wrestle Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. We've got a great show for you now. We've got the hotspot segment, we've got the shoot and shout segment, we've got the Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge, we got the fantasy wrestling segment. If that's not enough, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Short Sleeve Samson coming on and Brandon Gatson. It's going to be an amazing, amazing, amazing show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Night Owl Renee will not be with us today because he has uh, some other things that he's got to do. But I do have a guest that is going to be joining us after we do the call, Lewis. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please stand up, put your hands over your heart. And pay homage to the greatest country in the world, and that's America, damn it. Oh, 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 say can you see, and the rockets, red, red. Uh-oh. I'll make up for it now. For the land of the free. Tune to my eye every single time, ladies and gentlemen. Every single time. Oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Well, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, the night out is not here tonight, but I have a special guest, ladies and gentlemen. This gentleman has been on the, the podcast multiple times. Uh, he's a great friend of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. We reached out to him. We told him that we needed him, and he was like, I got you. I got you. Ladies and gentlemen, Dynamo Pro's own, the snitch's best friend, Chris Rodell. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave
Mr. Rodell, how's it going, sir? Joe, we're gonna have a problem already. If you saw me, the snitch's best friend already. I mean, let's let's just let's just say let's just say this that I am not the snitch's best friend. I mean, but it is good. But it is good to be back on the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am happy to be here. I'm hoping that you and your family are well. How's everything going in West Virginia? Everything is going uh, uh, great, except for uh, still trying to figure out what the uh, Washington Redskins uh, football name is going to be, since they're no longer the uh, Washington Redskins. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that it's now called the uh, Washington uh, team. Yeah, Yeah, there's a Washington football team, which is kind of weird, but... What I mean, it's just probably because they don't know what they're going to do yet. So, But we got sports coming back. The bas- basketball is in Orlando. They're doing their thing. Hockey is back up and going in Edmonton and Toronto. I mean, baseball kind of started back up, but they've hit a few yeah. hiccups. But, uh, you know, I mean, we still got professional wrestling. We got WWE and AEW, and some indie shows are starting to run, mostly outside, outdoor shows. So, Hopefully we're turning the corner, but unfortunately Missouri is going up in, in cases and stuff like that. So, But we don't want to dwell on that kind of stuff. We want to dwell on the positive. Life is good. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be an awesome show. Yeah. I can't wait. We got two great guests. We got great segments. So I'm going to let you drive the co- truck unless you – you let me know what you need, and I'm I'm there for you. So, all right, all right. We, I, we just I, I I just want to say hope everything's good with Renee. He's he, we mm-hmm. like to say when someone's out, he's on assignment. So maybe he's gonna maybe maybe he's gonna break some big wrestling news or something. So I mean, Patrick, maybe maybe he's fawning over Patrick Mahomes because he did just buy part of the uh, he became part owner of the Kansas City Royals. So. Maybe. <laughs> that that is definitely maybe maybe that, maybe maybe he's out partying with Patrick right now. He might be. He he might be would, he would might that, be would that would that, some, su- uh, would, would that surprise you? Would that surprise I mean, you, you know, if Renee it, was it, partying it, with Patrick? It, it's it's the night out, so he's probably drinking cervezas with uh, a Patrick Mahomes right now. All right, so what we're gonna go ahead and do is we're we'll gonna go ahead and get and into this high spot segment, so Enter Jimmy, hit that music. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we've got so much I think that one of the things that we should talk about is the fact that Oscar is no longer the women's the WWE Women's Champion. She was beaten last night by Sasha Banks. She was beaten by Countdown, but according to the stipulation, even if you lost by Countdown, you lost the title. So Sasha Banks now has the Women's Championship and the Tag Team Championship, and Bailey has the SmackDown Championship and the SmackDown Women's Championship. So uh, definitely some interesting stuff been going on. Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of weird. I mean, Oscar last night she per, she she put friendship over title. Um, I mean, in that screen you heard her yelling for Kyrie saying yelling for Oscar. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, 
Bailey and Sasha, they're both two belts. I mean, I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure. If I was Io Shirai, I'd go into hiding. Luckily, Kaylee Ray, the UK women's champion, is is over in England and can't be quarant and can't come over. So I mean, yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. You know, I I I think that it was a perfect way for them to write off Polly Shane because. As we know, you know her uh, her contract with WWE is up, and she's going back to Japan. Uh, she's going to wrestle for a year in Japan, and then she's going to retire. So, you know, it, it was a perfect way for for them to get more heat on Sasha and Bailey, as well as write off Carly Shane and with the way that Oscar was acting last night after Carly Shane got attacked. Could we see the monster Oscar that we had in NXT? I mean, it, it, it's pop, it is truly possible. I mean, Kyrie left on really good terms, so I mean, would we really be surprised if maybe she pops up for an appearance or two? I mean, coming up coming up here later later on. But I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, Oscar needs to go back to being the what she did in NXT, and I mean. Having Bailey and Sasha as the tag as, as being the dominant women, I mean, it has made the women's division even better, in my opinion. I mean, Charlotte uh, is a great leader. Becky was a great leader, but you know, maybe it's time to focus more on some of the other competitors. I mean, Sasha and Asuka was a really good match. Yes, it it, it was. It, it it was definitely a really really. Really good, good match. Uh, you know, you you also saw um, the, I guess the uh, start of a feud between Nia Jax and uh, Shayna Baszler, which is I'm I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to go with that. If they're both heels, or if one of them is going to be face, or I can't see Shayna Baszler as a face. So I'm not sure. Me how either. That it, it, it's just one of those. It, it's just one of those things that. <sighs> I can't buy into Nia. Shayna, Shayna, since WrestleMania, has lost all of her heat. I mean, she's lost all of her momentum. It's, it's just one of those things that's like, well, I mean, I guess let's let's go there. But I don't know. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm not happy about it. But there's no real – on Raw, there's no real women that are competitors. I mean, on SmackDown – at least you have Alexa Bliss, who's a former champion, Nikki Cross, who's had really good matches with Bailey, Lacey Evans. So maybe we need to switch some of the women from Raw to SmackDown. Maybe they can, or from I'm sorry, from SmackDown to Raw. Maybe they can get some uh, more maybe? more attention because they're being maybe. lost in the mix, like with a with like Carmella or. Even a Dana Brooke, or I mean, you, you know what I mean. Exactly. Maybe, maybe move, yeah. maybe split up the Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross team. Send one of them to uh, Raw. I mean, right now it doesn't matter because you got Bailey and Sasha on both shows. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I like, and I like, and I like the fact that they've taken the tag titles to NXT. That's that was the whole point. Whenever they first started this tag, this you know, you could travel on all three brands. You don't have to be a special invite or something, you know. 
Yeah, the, right? the Bailey Sasha match versus Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart was pretty good. I mean, it's a little clunky mm-hmm. at times, but I mean, it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it we just have to wait and see exactly what what what's what's going to to happen. Uh, so, uh, also in Impact Wrestling, um, the a big story that that came out this last week is that we all know that Tessa Blanchard is no longer in Impact Wrestling. You know, she stripped of the title. But now we're finding out that she still has the Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Championship, and she's demanding a hundred and fifty thousand dollars for them for her opponent back to Impact Wrestling. Now this championship probably cost her maybe twenty-five thousand dollars at the most. A hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's quite a bit of money for a championship belt. I mean, is, is this? I mean, I thought that was. I thought that it would ended up being like debunked that she really didn't. But it, would it really surprise you with that? With with the way, I mean, Tessa, Tessa Blanchard ended up with Impact. I have. I will admit, I have not watched much of Impact recently. I did watch most of Slammiversary. It was a. It was a good show. Uh, mainly because I just wanted to see who was coming back, and I watched last week's uh, last most of last week's show. Uh, Tessa needs to send the title back. I mean, I guess that they don't do anymore. Where I remember, if I re- if I remember right, the and when Ric Flair had the WCW NWA title, Jim Hurt. Mm-hmm. Whenever he left the company, Jim Hurt. Jim Hurt wanted to uh him to send a title back or he would forfeit the deposit that was apparently the flair had to have give a deposit i i mean i don't know it's just one of those things yeah yeah uh who 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 knows what is going to happen you know we we would love to hear from the rest of talk podcast guests so 657-383-1521 that is the number Six five seven three eight three one five two one. This is your opportunity to call in and talk about whatever that you want to call in. Uh, you know, back. So, can, can, uh, can I bring? Can I bring? Can I, can I bring up a topic here, real quick? I, sure. Um, whenever. Let, yeah. Let's. Can we? Can we talk about the AEW TNT Championship? That maybe you know what maybe I'm re- maybe I'm reading your maybe I'm reading your mind that may have been the next thing you might have been bringing up but uh, last mm-hmm. week with Eddie Kingston with with Eddie Kingston coming out yes if, if there's a if there's a man on the independent scene that deserved that, that deserved it more you're gonna have to tell me who it was because Eddie Kingston I mean he made his little time shine. How, and then oh, yeah. this week on a like tomorrow night on AEW Impact, the fans actually, I mean, I was part of it. I've I've posted before that that Cody feared uh, Warhorse. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we get to see someone. It, it's kind of it's kind of surreal for me because I remember watching, uh, pardon, uh, Warhorse. First matches when he came in as gentleman, gentleman uh, uh, Jake Parnell. Some of his first matches, yeah. and then he morphed into the morphed into the Lilith Viking, and him and Rude, him and 
Alex and Frank Wyatt, they took off with the Viking War Party. I seen I seen a match between uh, the American Viking Alex Rudolph and the Willis Viking Jake Parnell versus the Bumrush Brothers at a charity show, and those those two teams tore tore up the building. I mean, it, it's it, it's going to be surreal on Wednesday whenever Warhorse comes out because. I know him. I've talked to him. I've shook his hand in the locker room. We we talked about things. It, it's just it's just going to be really. Whenever I see someone that I've met, mm-hmm. it's still it, yeah. It's still weird to see like Santana Garrett on on NXT because we did yeah. a charity show with her and she was a super nice person. I've I've done a couple shows with Jordan Grace. She's been she's been on TV. At the time when yeah. Michael Elgin was on, you know, I've had I've had interactions with them. I talked to Luke Roberts, and he's like, "Yeah, I've had interactions with Samoa Joe and Seth Rollins and stuff like that." So it just it's surreal. It's going to be surreal tomorrow to watch it. I admit I watch more NXT than I do AEW. However, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to turn into the Warhorse Cody match just because. For obvious reasons, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I Absolutely. I'm definitely excited to see what's going to happen um, on, heck, you know, heck, uh, uh, Joe. Uh, yes. Joe, I even get excited whenever whenever Raw and SmackDown were touring. They come through, like, Chicago or they come through Kansas City or St. Louis, and you're like, oh, I wonder who I'm going to see as a backstage, like, maybe a security person or as a mm-hmm. enhancement talent, you know? I mean, it's just yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, one hundred, one hundred per percent. I will say, you know, uh, Warhorse has a a great shot of 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 winning uh, tomorrow. But <clears throat> if if I would say if there's anybody that could beat Cody Rhodes for that TNT television title, it's got to be the one and only Sting. Like I mean, you know. It's well, we 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 have we honest, let's just let's just be honest here. We know that the snitch is not going to get anywhere as close to Warhorse. I mean, but let let's put the let's put let's let's put it back in the can. I don't know what your obsession is with the snitch, but it just needs to stop. <laughs> I, I I just like. The snitch, you know, I, I'm I'm still waiting for him to get his his title opportunity. It's been what? It's been well over a year. So I, I'm I'm just waiting. For him to get we are his title we, we are getting close to a th- we we are getting close to two years, I believe, in October. Really? So I mean, it is what it is. With things shutting down because of everything, I mean, maybe he was going to get a title shot. I don't know. That's above my pay grade. But I will have to tell you that apparently I was hired unbeknownstly to be the the Snitch's campaign director, communications director for his Snitch 2020 campaign. So, Ah. but who who knows what who knows what's going to happen with that? But I mean, it's just it really is. It's awesome. I mean, I'm happy for I'm happy for Jake. Knowing Jake, he's Mm -hmm. worked hard for it. And I I know he's gonna go out there and he's gonna kill it. And I know he's not a regular part of the Dynamo roster, but knowing him and just 
talking to him, I know he's he's probably over the moon right now. And he did this really all on his own. He kind of just started this whole campaign on his own. And it just, the fans took over, and I don't think AEW really had much of a choice. And I think people were disappointed last week whenever they said he's going to face a top independent talent. I'm like, are they really going to, I mean, okay. But the Eddie Kingston thing was cool as a surprise. Announcing Warhorse ahead of time? I don't know. I think that that could that could work in their favor. Oh yeah, I, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's definitely going to get a lot of people interested in the um, uh, in 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 the AEW because a lot of people know exactly who Warhorse is. So it's it, it's definitely going to be exciting to, to to see Cody win. You know, to to see Cody face. Warhorse, and you never know who's going to beat Cody for that title. It could be Warhorse. He could literally beat Cody. You never know. Yeah, I mean, he's already the independent wrestling... uh, He's some champ. I can't think of the exact title as it is. The independent wrestling champion. He defends it all over the place, and I know he defended it just this past week, so... So... And, and I just know yeah. that these wrestlers are pe- have pent up like aggression from not being able to wrestle every weekend like they have. I, I don't know how many mm-hmm. of the re- I don't know how many indie wrestlers that you follow on Twitter, but I just see the whole is like I mean it's just it's crazy. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. So I you know I I I look up all of of the. Strange things in 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 pro wrestling, and this is what I saw. So, the deranged and self-described Monday Night Messiah Seth Rollins has been popping eyeballs and breaking bones recently in escalating series of attacks that have deeply saddened and disappointed his father, punk rocker Henry Rollins. So, you know, Henry. Henry Rollins is pissed off at his son, Seth Rollins, for everything that he's doing in the WWE. Joe, 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 Joe. How many times have I told you not to read kayfabe news? I mean, if it's on the internet, then it's true, though, right? I mean, isn't that... Joe, 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 Joe. Heart to heart, man. (laughs) Not everything you see on the internet is true. You can't oh. you can't cure coronavirus by ingesting bleach, and Henry Rollins is not Seth Rollins' dad. So, are you telling me that SummerSlam's not going to be held on in on on the submarine in international waters? No, Joe. Joe, oh. you worry me. One, you're a Stitch fan, and that already. Makes me want to have you committed. Two, just stop. Just take a breath <laughs> and stop. Oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. We we are almost ready for uh, Short Sleeve Samson to call in. It's going to be a absolute amazing, amazing, amazing uh, in- interview. And until then, if 
Yes. Call us if you want to call in, 657-383-1521. That's 657-383-1521. What else do you got for us, Chris? Because I know that you have a lot of wrestling time. Oh, I'm just thinking, um, I'm just trying to think what's happened this past week. Uh, Drew maybe looks like he's probably finally gotten rid of uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler, and he's going to have... Uh, Randy Orton is his next p- opponent. Uh, mm-hmm. What else we got? We got. I just watched. I'm watching Impact is on kind of in the background, and I don't know what exactly yeah. they're doing. Uh, but I just see Eddie Edwards like defended his title against one of the Rascals, I believe. But okay, I, I, I don't think I, I, I think the last time I talked to you was the uh, Tuesday after Rick Rose died, and uh, I just wanted to say yeah. I saw that little that little glass th- that glass picture that you made that you had of him yeah. saying that you posted, and I thought that was really cool. I've seen those things uh, online and mm-hmm. thought about getting them, but I didn't know how they would actually turn out. But honestly, those are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it, it's definitely a uh, a uh, a cool thing that and I'm going to be sending to his parents. And yeah, thank you, thank you. And, and, they're, and awesome. I don't think they're I don't I I don't think they're very they're not as expensive as you would think they would be. I don't think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. No, no. Um, for that one, like it's like it's it's a relatively good uh, size, and and it it was like maybe a hundred dollars at. At the most, that's, not, yeah. that's, not so, so, that's not bad at all. I just, I just want to say the shirt that he wore, that he was wearing in that picture, fits him perfectly. And also, <laughs> um, I would be remiss if we're we're talking about people that have passed away. That two weeks ago, two three weeks ago, uh, was the anniversary of the loss of Keon Option. Uh, mm. And I mean, it doesn't seem like a year, but I mean. <laughs> I just have to send a shout out to Keon and his family and to all of his, uh, I was on a podcast with Mike the day, the day after the year anniversary. And Mike was just like, there's probably no better human being in the world. So, I mean, we gotta, we gotta send some props up to Keon option. I, I will, I will never let Keon options name, uh, uh, be forgotten. He was a great person as a person. His real name was Brian, and Brian mm-hmm. was just one of the most – he was just one of the most awesome people in the world. So that was just a small small little uh, aside. Uh, I know we got a guest coming up here in a few minutes, so I just wanted, I just wanted to send a little shout-out to uh, Keon watching down over all of us, thinking, man, what's going on down there? I need to be, I need to be down there and helping things out. So What? Okay, yeah, you know, they, 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 well, well, yeah, absolutely, you know, uh, Keon Option was a uh, awesome, awesome guy, and, you know, I mean, he, he definitely rests in, in peace. I remember seeing him when I came down for Dynamo Pro, uh, so, yes, Keon Option was, was absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, so getting back in, into some more wrestling news, though, um, so one of these the stories that that broke out while we we're waiting on the short sleeve Samson to call in is uh, the fact that the reason that AJ Styles is on SmackDown is because of the fact that he had issues with Paul Heyman, and it comes to find out that Paul Heyman 
was the guy that suggested that they release the good ones. Which, you know, I kind of think why Paul Heyman would have suggested that. They'll pay these guys, you know, a certain amount of money and they're not using them. So, you know, if they release them. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's the fault. It's, it's partially Heyman's fault for not using them because they were on Raw yeah. and. Honestly, they're as good a team. I mean, honestly, the WWE tag team division has lacked for a whole lot, a lot of time. However, the Street Profits are highly entertaining. I, I just the Viking Raiders are awesome. I kind of like the team of Angel Garza and uh, uh mm-hmm. oh, it's oh God, it's Angel Garza's partners. Andrade. Andrade. Sorry. My yeah. My, my brain's not working. But I mean, I think it's Yeah, um you could have moved the good maybe moved them all over to SmackDown and and uh see what could be done. But it's just mm-hmm. it's just one of those things it's just like um I don't I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things uh there was something I wanted to bring up. I just saw it on the internet, and I wanted to bring it up. Hold on, my mind, my mind just went blank as we we're waiting for our guest to bring yeah, up, and I, I can't mean, think yeah. of what it was. Let me go. Let me go. Let me let me go back here and look real quick. Just uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the whole thing with uh, with uh, Paul, Paul, Paul Hinton, and I, I understand. Oh, I know. I wanted to bring up. Did you see the incident between Adam Cole and Pat McAfee on Pat McAfee's show? Yes, I did see that. That was something that I, I, I was, and I forgot all about that. I did see that. I don't know if that is a, or if, if that was like, you know, a, uh, a, a, they had, had set up BG because, you know, Pat McAfee and Adam Cole have like, have this love hate relationship, and you know he's on this, this, this magazine podcast, and like Pat Pat Magazine, so he he's doing what what Pat Magazine does, and then he makes a statement that Adam Cole was short. Next thing you know, Adam Cole just like blew a fuse, and like the microphone. Yeah, I, I I don't know what to make of it. It was. I think it was partially, partially work a work where, you know, I just but I also think that he might have a little bit of a uh, truth to it. So uh, he might. I I I don't know. It, it's going to be weird to see. I mean, Pat McAfee being a you know he is a. I mean. He's a punter. I mean, not the most important uh, yeah. position on a team. However, he looks to be in good shape. He can talk. I mean, he can talk like nothing is nothing in the in the world. <laughs> so, right? I, 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 I mean, it just it's it's one of those, it's one of those things. Uh, so, uh, I know we have some before we get going on to more. I know we have some sponsors we have to thank. Uh, 
I'd like to, if you don't mind, do you mind or you want to take the sponsor segment? Go, go right ahead, sir. Okay. Luke, Luke you, you know how Luke is. He made sure I was I was informed. Our sponsors mm-hmm. tonight are The Conspiracy Farm with Jeffrey Wilson, Jay Hollywood, and UFC Hall of Famer Pat Militich, King Cade, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Esports Bar Kansas City. Isn't that where you have some of your uh, WrestleMania shows? Uh, yes, yes. Universe okay. Mania. I heard, I heard, I, I heard it was an awesome spot. I, I've, mm-hmm. I've never been able to make it out there for those shows. You guys always invite me. I just never am able to make it out there. So, uh, Royal Mills Transportation are our sponsors tonight. Uh, and also, can we talk about this event that's coming up in a couple of uh, weeks at August the 22nd in uh, Iowa with the uh, Black Wrestlers Matter? Uh, you want to go ahead and give out some of the information yeah. about it? Yeah, yeah, you know, Black Lives, uh, Black Wrestlers Matter is a wrestling uh, show that is going to be held in Iowa. It it it, it is is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, we we, we are, are in contact with the promoters of the Black Wrestlers Matter uh, show to to bring in some some people from that uh, show. Uh, it, it's it's going to be amazing. Joe's, Joe's being attacked. Joe's being attacked. Joe's being attacked. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, you know, it's something that you definitely want to look into. And you know, the Wrestling Talk podcast is also sponsoring the Black the Black Wrestlers Matter show. And like, I, well, I, the, I saw that. I yeah. saw that it's gonna it's taking it's taking place Saturday night August the twenty second at the Franklin Junior High School, I'm assuming the gym in Des Moines Iowa. Proceeds will proceeds are gonna benefit Knowledge is Power, in the uh, Des Moines Knowledge is Power Des Moines Leaders of America. I'm guessing that's what DSM means. Uh, if you head apparently if you head over to ProWrestlingTees.com uh, and purchase a Black Wrestling Matters t-shirt. If the shirt reaches number one prior to the August 22nd event, the Pro Wrestling Tees will match the proceed amount, which is a really cool thing. I know they've got ACH on the card, Alpha Omega, Seishin, Faye Jackson, uh, the American Fury, John West, just all kinds of great things. Uh, head on over to the just look up Black Wrestling Ma- Wrestlers Matter on Facebook. It's also on Twitter, I believe. And we just need to get some people in the seats. Buy their shirt, please. Buy their shirt. It is awesome. And we're we're still waiting for our guest. Uh, I'm hoping that we. Uh, oh, I believe that our is our. I just got word. Joe is our guest on hold, ready to come on. Short Sleeve Sampson, he's a uh, midget wrestler from the debut in 1999. He's going to be our guest uh, here in just a, just a few minutes. Joe, are you there? Absolutely. You know, this, this Short Sleeve Sampson, you know, he's, 
He's wrestled all over the place, from micro-championship wrestling to Hot Legacy Wrestling, Chaotic Wrestling, Josie Alpro Wrestling, Canadian Wrestling. You know, you've, you've seen him on WWE pay-per-views. Uh, you know, he's won several into, uh, 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 several professional wrestling championships. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you the one and only short please. Mr. Stanson, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, man, it, it is a honor and a pleasure to have you on So, you know, you wrestled all over the place. You know, micro-championship wrestling, hard legacy wrestling, you know, chaotic wrestling. Uh, you know, how did you get started in your professional wrestling career? Well, let me start off, first of all, by saying I appreciate you guys having me on your show tonight, so thank you so much and all. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've been very blessed to have been uh, had a very blessed career with the last 21 years of being in this business and uh, to be able to have the, uh, the accomplishments and the accolades I've been able to have within my career and all. And uh, real easy, I mean, as far as starting the business from my youngest childhood age, uh, that I can remember, I was always a huge fan of wrestling, and uh, you know, would always follow it. And you know, I was a Hulkamaniac, and I was uh, same friends and vitamins and training and and everything. And uh, um, basically, what ended up happening was uh, when I got into my early twenties, I there was a uh, Mitch wrestler in uh, my home state of Rhode Island uh, that went by a Tiny the Terrible, who. Uh, approached me one day and asked me if I ever thought about wrestling, and I think anybody who's a fan of any type of sport always thinks about doing it, so um, basically I told him, yeah, and uh, long story short, two weeks later, I found myself at, at a um, at a uh, an independent show for, uh, out in Connecticut um, and stuff in a, in a midget tag match, and uh, just to bring things down, because I know, uh, you know, just to keep things interesting, we finished that, and I thanked the promoter, and I survived, so I was really excited about that, <laughs> and um, about a m- month or so went by, and I got a call to be in another independent show for the for the same uh, independent promotion out in Connecticut, and uh, mm-hmm. then the following night, on a Sunday night, I got a phone call about 10.30 at night, and it was WWF asking me if I was interested in being part of a segment the following evening on Monday Night Raw. And nice. uh, once I realized that this, this was a real thing and it wasn't somebody uh, pulling a joke on me or a friend uh, ribbing me or whatever, I found myself the uh, following night, two weeks before WrestleMania, early 2000, uh, in the middle of the ring with uh, Triple H, the big show, Shane and Stephanie McMahon and uh, myself and, uh, and, and Tiny the Terrible that got me into the business were making fun of The Rock. And uh, long story short, that's how I, that was my introduction to professional wrestling. Nice. That is, uh, is absolutely 
uh, I, I just want just a question. I always I'm always interested in to know um, who who trained you and where did you train at, and uh, give a shout out to the people that like trained you in this in this in, in, in this crazy business that they call wrestling. Yeah, no, um, definitely. Uh, basically, I got my training. This unfortunately, the school doesn't exist anymore, but I got trained in Rhode Island. Uh, at a place called uh, Barton Street Gym, and it was uh, run by Anthony Rufo and Kyle White. Those were my trainers, which I owe uh, I owe my career to. I owe you know learning the the right way and learning how to you know do what we do in the ring as well as conduct ourselves in a professional manner in this business uh, to both those gentlemen. And uh, then later on, I was able to also. Uh, get some uh, training from uh, Chaotic Wrestling's uh, training school as well. So those were the, the two schools that basically molded me and shaped me into uh, the, the person I am today. Is it is it hard as a, I mean, as a midget wrestler to train with, because you, you're probably training with regular wrestlers, it, did you find it hard to train with them or did you find it okay to keep up with them? No, you know what? And that's a good question. Actually, when I first, uh, I remember uh, when I first started training uh, and everything, that was one of the questions I was asked uh, by uh, Anthony and Kyle. They had asked me, you know, how do, how do you want us to train? Because we've never trained somebody of your size and your height before. And I told them, I said, here's the deal. I said, you know, we, you don't train me any different. I want to be able to do the exact same thing that everybody else can do. I mean, granted, there may be some things that have to be modified, or uh, make a slight adjustment or whatever like that, but that's something I'll learn on my end. Uh, but at the same day, as, as, you know, I, I always grew up in a, in a tall world, you know, um, where I didn't have things uh, changed for me or altered for me or anything like that. I, I you know, I live in a, in a world full of giants and everything. And so for me to uh, do wrestling was, was no different than me uh, me playing uh, basketball with friends or, uh, you know, me doing sports or, or, you know, or anything like that. It was just, uh, you know, a new phase and a new transition within my life. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I absolutely, that, that, that's absolutely awesome. You know, you've done so much in, you know, in professional wrestling and, I would have to say probably one of the coolest things is you were awarded the Active Men's Wrestling Award by the Cauliflower Alley Club in 2014. I was going to go to the Cauliflower Alley Club this year, but it was canceled due to the coronavirus. How does it feel to be to get an award by the Cauliflower Alley Club? You know, that's a great question. Um, first of all, the Cauliflower Alley Club, I, I have nothing but a lot of respect for uh, the organization as well as each and every member that's a part of it because it's not uh, just one particular promotion. And it, you know, it doesn't just showcase, uh, you know, WWE or independent wrestling or, you know, it, it showcases all of wrestling and everything. And so to receive, you know, uh, the men's active uh, wrestler of the year award from them, it was a huge honor because of the fact that, uh, first of all, at that time I had been in the business for about 15 years, and uh, the one thing that I wanted to try to achieve within my career uh, was not just to be uh, known as another uh, midget wrestler, cliche, 
but I'd rather be mm-hmm. had been known about as a wrestler who happens to be a midget. And I wanted to uh, break down walls or stereotypes. I didn't want to have matches that only showcased me wrestling against other guys my size. But as I trained with all big guys, I also wanted to have those David versus Goliath type matches and everything, which I had many opportunities and still do within my within my career. So for me to have uh, been honored with this award was, uh, you know, it, it really was a huge honor because of the fact that it um, really exemplified the fact that I was able to break those barriers and uh, to be given this recognition and everything. And this award is also something that's given to you through your peers. And the fact that they, you know, wanted to recognize me in this way and acknowledge me in this way, um, it, it's, it's humbling. It, it really is. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. You know, it's always been a dream to be able to go to the uh, Carlisle Alley Club. So, you know, I, I just think that that that, that is, is definitely awesome. Um, you've also been involved in uh, Micro Championship Wrestling. Can you tell us about your time in Micro Championship Wrestling? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, several years ago, um, basically, uh, Micro Championship Wrestling was uh, getting ready to uh, shoot TV with Hulk Hogan. At that time, it was on TV. It was going to be known as Hulk Hogan's Micro Championship Wrestling. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, the, prom- the promoter uh, at that time, uh, God rest his soul, uh, John Green, uh, which was a, a great man and a great worker and stuff, as well as uh, definitely left to sleep in the business, had uh, contacted me and asked me if I would be interested in, uh, you know, being a part of their company, as well as uh, being a part of this new TV show that was going to be airing in the U.S. on True TV. And at the time, I had been, um, I had just left a uh, another quote-unquote midget promotion that didn't, uh, I had left, uh, didn't leave on good terms because I wasn't happy with the direction that they, they were going in or anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had parted ways and all, and I appreciated uh, Johnny's um, contacting me, and I appreciated his offer for me to be a part of their promotion and everything, but I had declined it because of the fact that I didn't want to just start signing contracts and uh, jumping on board, on, j- jumping on board mm-hmm. on another ship that I didn't know, you know, what the, what the direction that they were going in. And I wasn't really familiar with their product and everything. So I had declined. Well, they had uh, a couple of weeks later, you know, TV had already started shooting for them and everything. And one of their wrestlers was going to be uh, leaving for, for personal reasons. So I actually had True TV Network contact me and um, reached out to me and asked me if I would be willing to, you know, be a part of this uh, this promotion as well as be a part of the show. And I had expressed my concerns with them and all. And then uh, a couple of days later, I had Eric Bischoff call me and uh, talked with me and everything. And at the end of the phone call between uh, with Eric Bischoff and myself. Basically, it was uh, signed, sealed, and delivered that I was going to be working with uh, Micro Championship Wrestling and Hulk Hogan and be a part of this great TV show. And I have to say, it was a great experience because of the fact that, first of all, you know, I had a chance to work with some uh, some great guys and some great uh, women 
on the show mm-hmm. that was part of the roster and the talent. And then uh, to be uh, able to work alongside an iconic legend in this business, you know, as such as Hulk Hogan and everything, uh, you couldn't ask for basically anything higher at that time. So, again, it was another yeah. great opportunity for me, you know, to have, uh, you know, put into my resume within, uh, you know, my career. Go ahead, Chris. Chris, it, it, uh, oh. uh, I, I know that, that you're here wanting to ask a bunch of questions, so take it away, sir. Uh, I just want to talk. Can we go back to the uh, – I have on my sheet that you were a commentator during the WLC match between Hornswoggle and El Torito. I remember that match. I remember <laughs> just watching it and just being just amazed. But, I mean, it was – Hilarious. Can you one tell us how that came about, and two, how did that go? How 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 did you feel calling quote unquote calling that match, and did you have any trepidation about it? Well, um, you know, basically that was um, that. First of all, uh, you know, that was the last appearance I made within uh, within WWE and everything, and you know, throughout my career I've had. Many opportunities working with them, playing a lot of different parodies uh, of characters, whether I was portraying, you know, Mini Undertaker or Kurt Angle or Spirit Squad or whatever. And uh, then there was some times when they were starting the, the juniors division where I was able to actually be my own character in WWE. And uh, then they had contacted me about what they were going to be doing with um, – El Torito and Hornswoggle and VLC for the Extreme Rules and had asked if I would be uh, interested in being part of that as well as if I would be able to, uh, you know, if I had anybody else that I would recommend that would like to work alongside uh, myself and uh, those two guys and what we were able to create and produce. Uh, first of all, I have nothing but uh, a lot of excitement and honor because of the fact that what uh, that whole match brought to that pay-per-view as well as just showing to the, the wrestling fans was, was awesome. It was exciting because of the fact that, yes, it was, you know, um, some, of the, some of the props and everything like that in the beginning were, you know, miniaturized and everything, uh, miniature forms of larger props that, um, you know, the, the bigger guys would, uh, you know, use. But then at the same time, these guys, let me tell you, they, they brought it uh, from beginning to end. And in my opinion, as well as what I've heard, you know, from a lot of the fans throughout, you know, the years and everything like that is that match actually stole the whole pay-per-view. It was definitely the match of the night. And uh, to be a part of that, and, you know, again, we were showing whether it was WWE or wrestling fans or whatever, that first of all, um, the fans want midget wrestling. They definitely want midget wrestling. But at the same token, they don't want, uh, you know, the, the, the carny stuff that uh, was more or less the, the stereotype and the staple and the cliche in, uh, you know, the 70s and the, uh, the 80s that you were mostly seeing when any time midget wrestling was televised. But they wanted to see... Um, guys and girls, regardless of height and size, they wanted to see them work. They wanted to see them wrestle. And that match, we saw that from uh, from beginning to end. 
So, again, to be a part of that, to be a part of a commentating team, to commentate that match and everything, it was definitely an awesome opportunity. I think that's the miscon. I think that's the misconception around midget wrestling is that it's just a quote unquote special attraction that we throw on. You know, we have two we have two midgets that come in and they wrestle, and you know, it, it's fun. It's fun to watch. You know, but honestly, from what I understand, I've I've never met him personally, but Hornswoggle is a really good wrestler, and he can he can go. And I I don't know, quite know who El Torito is under the mask, but he looks like he can go. And that match was fun. I just. I just think there's a misconception that it, that the midgets are just a special attraction and they can't be anything higher on the card. You know, uh, do, do you get what I mean? I get exactly what you're saying. And when it comes to a promotion like WWE, unfortunately, uh, that's how they view it. Now, the flip side is let's uh, you know let's let's talk about midget wrestling as a whole. Um, the fans definitely want to see it. It's definitely more than a special attraction. Uh, to go back to when I was part of the Hulk Hogan's uh, Micro Championship Wrestling TV show, we had phenomenal ratings every single week on that show. Their flagship show at that time was Operation Repo. And Operation Repo would, um, would get between a 1.8 and a 2 every single week. Okay, and that was their flagship show on average. Um, our show would get anywhere from a one to a one point four, and basically that means that means how many uh, million viewers are watching that show at that time. And this is also before, you know, they had um, you know on demand and everything like that, where people have more opportunities to watch it. You know, so we were the second highest rating show. Operation Repo at that time was in their eighth season, I believe. Here it is, a brand-new show that's just debuting, and we were coming in second place every single week uh, right underneath their flagship show. So that alone showed uh, everybody how the fans want to see midget wrestling. And then now to bring it fast forward to today, I actually have my own promotion called the Midget Wrestling Warriors. And... Every place that we go, we basically, first of all, I want to say that, uh, you know, I have some phenomenal talent that uh, works with me, and I hire uh, wrestlers from the United States, Canada, as well as Mexico, and, uh, you know, to bring in the best of the best, and we do shows throughout the United States and Canada, and I would want to say literally, uh, basically, more than 95% of our shows are either sold out or standing room only. We're not talking about, you know, a small hall that only holds 75 people. But, we're, we're, you know, I'm talking about, uh, you know, a, a casino where we've uh, sold out through the last three years in a row with over 1,600 people, you know. Uh, we, we've, you know, been at an arena where we've had almost 3,000 people. We've been at a, a, a you know, horse race where we had over 4,000 people, and these numbers are bigger than what um, pretty much any independent promotion as well as, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, even some of the name promotions are bringing in on a, on a weekly basis. So the fans definitely want to see 
midget wrestling, and it's definitely involved into more than just a special attraction. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, 100%, you know, my my favorite midget match, well, my my first memory of a midget match was WrestleMania 3 when it was uh, Kimberly Jim, Lord Little Book, and I think it was the Haiti Kid against King Kong Bundy and 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 his two two people and that was my first ever time that I saw a a, a, a midget match and and you know I've 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 been hooked on midget matches since and I love midget matches I've I've ever seen a midget match where it was against guys that was like super tall so it it was a uh, a, a uh, interesting uh. Uh, Bash, it was with a guy by the name of uh, Shovelhead Chuck. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shovelhead Chuck, great guy, great guy, personal friend of mine, definitely. Yeah. He's, uh, he's he's worked with me before in the past many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, you know, and here's the thing that also, I mean, everybody's always looking for something new, something fresh, something that you know, hasn't been overexposed or something that people haven't seen and everything. And, you know, for the longest time, especially with, you know, like WWE, for example, all they would have is good guys. And uh, for a special attraction, they would bring in the midgets or they would bring in the girls. And then finally, several years ago, uh, somebody saw, you know, the ratings that the girls were bringing in. And now the girls are just as much a main part of the roster as what the guys are, even, you know, um, headlining and main events in WrestleMania. Uh, so now the last part of that whole team is uh, giving them, you know, having the midgets on the show as well. And, uh, you know, not saying that it has to be on a WWE or an AEW or anything like that. But at the same time, the fans don't see it when they they don't they don't see midget matches when they turn on their TV every Monday night or when they turn on their TV every Friday night. So the fact that we're able to do what we do and you know I'm able to bring the type of product I'm able to bring with the midget wrestling warriors, it's a it's a great opportunity because it's giving the fans something different, something fresh, and an opportunity to become a fan of something you know brand new. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, it, it definitely, it definitely is uh, a something different for for everybody else. You know, you um, you you've been a, a you're a member of the New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame and the High Impact Wrestling Canada Hall of Fame. What's it like to be a member of these, these Hall of Fames to know that, that, that you've had such a great career that you are in these Hall of Fame. I'll be honest. It's it's a huge honor. It really, really is um, because of the fact that, you know, we worked really hard within our career to try to, you know, get as far as we can possibly get. Uh, you know, we, we sacrificed a lot. There's a, you know, we're on the road a lot. They were missing, you know, family and, and, you know, and everything. And at the end of the day, to be able to have these uh, these awards given to you and to have these, uh, you know, these titles uh, awarded to you and everything, it really is a huge honor because of the fact that it allows you, it gives you like some type of um, 
it gives you some some po- some positivity to the career and everything and and all. So, uh, you know, again, whether it was Cauliflower Alley Club or you know New England Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame or High Impact Wrestling up in um, up in uh, Saskatchewan, uh, Canada, again, it's definitely a huge honor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, our, our time here is unfortunately almost up. So, uh, Chris, do you have any final questions for uh, a short sleeve? No, I, I think he, he he's he's done a really good job about about um, promoting the the midgets and stuff like that. But uh, the only thing I have to ask is uh, short sleeve. Where can we find you on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? YouTube, whatever. Put those social media beats out there. <laughs> right, right. It seems like every day we have a new uh, social media and, thing and, going and on out have, there. If, if, you that, have a, uh, if, if you have a my, if you have a MySpace account, go ahead and put that out there oh. too. <laughs> right, right. If that only still works, let me tell you, that was my first social media was MySpace and everything. Uh, yeah, no, definitely on social media, uh, on Facebook and um, and Instagram. It's under Short Sleeve Samson. Um, on Twitter, it's um, at AWE Samson. Also, uh, fans can uh, follow myself as well as all of the, uh, the Midget Wrestling Warriors on our website, which is uh, midgetwarriors.com, or on our Facebook, which is midgetwrestlingwarriors.com, and everything. And uh, yeah, you know, definitely stay active and, and all. And uh, we had started during uh, quarantine here. I had started a, uh, a weekly TV show uh, showcasing the Midget Wrestling Warriors using the WWE 2K20 video game. And we had created all of the uh, WWE, uh, I'm sorry, we had created all of the Midget Wrestling Warrior characters and everything. And we were airing Friday nights on Twitch. I took a small hiatus from it because of being summertime and more people are out than in right now. But that's going to be kicking back up in the next few weeks. So I would invite everybody who is on Twitch to please follow the Midget Wrestling Warriors on Twitch so that this way they can be able to get all the alerts and they can uh, follow our uh, our weekly show quarantine that is aired on uh, Twitch as well. Very, very, very nice. So thank you for uh, coming on to the podcast, taking time out of your busy schedule. You are now a a member of the Basketball Podcast family. I'll be asking that you don't be a stinker and promise that you will come back on sometime very soon. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. you guys are awesome. I appreciate having me on. I just want to give a, a quick shout out to a good friend of mine, a brother of mine, uh, Robert Langdon. Uh, also, I just want to give his promotion uh, a big plug, which is Texoma Pro, uh, uh, a great promotion and everything, which as soon as uh, quarantine is over here, I'll be returning back to that as well. You guys have been awesome. I really appreciate you guys having me on, and I would love to come back sometime soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You have a good night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Short Sleeve Samson. What a great, great, great first hour, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We are going to go on a little break, and when we come back, I'm going to be doing the FWWC segment, and then we're going to get Chris back, and then we're going to talk to uh, Brandon Gatson. So, uh, Chris, I will talk to you very, very shortly, sir. All right, 
I'll be hanging out, what, listening to you. Hope, don't, 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 don't screw the pooch here, Joe. Uh, I never, I would never screw the pooch, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in two minutes. Yeah, shine on the track, boy. is, and that is 
fantasy wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. You got fantasy football, baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, golf. You got fantasy everything, but now you have fantasy wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. This is your opportunity to be a professional wrestler without actually having to get into the ring. You get to cut promos. You get you you may end up winning a belt. There's so much that you can do in the FWWC. We have so much fun. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you can, and the FWWC, call in 657-383-1521. Otherwise, you're just going to hear Nightmare Jones talking about whatever the hell that he wants to because usually Nightmare Jones isn't able to get onto the FWWC because the night out discriminates against La Familia and Night. Mayor Jones, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, yeah. So, we're just going to go ahead and kick it off with what happened last night on Monday Night Raw. See, yours truly, Nightmare Jones and the notorious Jake Wyatt, a.k.a. the notorious one, decided to... How could you... How can you describe it? We decided to make some new people in the FWWC famous, ladies and gentlemen. So what we did was we accepted a challenge to face the brand new tag team, Lucky Flowers, Lucky the Luchador, Jessica Flowers, and we got to be honest with you, they impressed us. They took absolutely everything that we had to give them. Light tubes, thumbtacks, everything that we threw at them, they took it, ladies and gentlemen. And we took everything that, that, that they threw at us, and we ended up, they didn't beat us. We didn't beat them. So I promise you, you have not seen the last of the notorious ones the the choice nightmares going up against Lucky Flowers. And, you know, these these two new new people, Lucky and the Luchador and uh Jessica Flowers been, you know, tearing up this freaking FWWC. You know, they, they uh, showed up last Friday on SmackDown. Lucky was was able to pull off a victory. Jessica, uh, I believe she she tied. And, you know, we got this FWWC Pick'em coming up this Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So you could legit see one of the general managers picking up both of these new gentlemen. People in the FWWC, and man, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. What a pickup that would would be. You know, who, whichever general manager decides to pick them up, just wow. Wow, wow, wow. I am getting a hold of Intern Timmy to try to get some of these people from the FWWC to call in because uh, I'm sure that you don't want to hear my 
voice, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I can continue talking. I mean, La Familia can continue talking, but, you know, that, that, that's not what the FWWC is about. So we need people to call in, 657-383-1521. That's 657-383-1521, ladies and gentlemen. You know, another thing that we've been hanging going on in the FWWC is the one and only Daniel Grimm was traded to the Rise brand for a box that throws out the Inferno brand. And ever since then, Inferno brand came back. We've had some great, great matches since we, we came back. The Notorious Nightmares won the Tag Team Championships that was going to be defended at uh, Extreme Rules, but obviously that wasn't able. But Daniel Grimm has done amazing in the FWWC. You cannot not give the man props. Like, he's the Intercontinental Champion. He's the European Champion, and if I'm not mistaken... Yesterday, Daniel Grimm defeated Alden Murphy for the Spartans Championship, ladies and gentlemen. That is a feat like none other. Like a, Being a triple champion in the FWWC is a hard feat to do, and the fact that he was able to do it, you got to give your props up to Daniel Grimm, even if you don't like the guy. Even if you don't like the guy, you've got to give your props to Daniel Grimm. And also, from what we've seen on the page, it looks like Jessica Flowers, the, the newest member of the FWWC, is eyeing that women's championship against Lilith. I think that's going to be an absolute... Amazing, amazing, amazing match. Once that happens, once Jessica Flowers gets drafted to whatever brand she she gets drafted to, I can almost guarantee you, you're going to see Jessica Flowers against Lilith for the Women's Championship. That's going to be absolutely amazing. You know, so much stuff has been going on in, in the FWWC, but give us a call, 657-383-1521. That's 657-383-1521. Ah, what else could we talk about? In the FWWC, ladies and gentlemen, what else could we talk about? I mean, could we talk about what's been going on in the Infinite Band? Hmm. Seems that since uh, Tank Westbrook made this trade with with Heel Deal, it seems like like things in the in, in the Infinite Band have been uh, kind of going downhill. Tank lost the uh, they uh, they they lost the European Championship, they lost the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, you know, Funky's gone. Daniel Grimm is gone. 
I believe that the the only championship that they have right now is the TV title, if I'm not mistaken. So, Infinite Brand, give us a call. Let us know what's going on. 657-383-1521. Inferno Brand, give us a call. Tell us what's going on. 657-383-1521. Rise Brand, if you're listening, give us a call. 657-383-1521. Nightmare Jones can't do this all by himself, ladies and gentlemen. You got to give him a little bit of a break. So give us a call. 657-383-1521. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, this Friday we've got the the uh, pick them on the FWWC tonight. So it's something you're definitely, definitely, definitely going to want to check into because you never know what's going to happen on the FWWC tonight. You never know what's going to happen on the FWWC Tonight, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so what we're going to do is Anton Timmy is going to screen the call. While we're doing that, we have a uh, a drop that we have to play. So, Anton Timmy, go ahead and hit that, that drop for us. Hey, wrestling fans, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat talking at you, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We even got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat talking about the Wrestle Talk Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get in this caller for the FWWC. Remy motherfucking Ricks, what's going on, sir? How you doing? Oh, man, dude, I'm not even going to lie tonight. The show spaced my mind with everything I got going on, everything that happened last night. The news that just got announced today, <laughs> me and Battle Cat in a sudden death match to finish out this tournament since he can't stay out of his feelings. But, Jonesy, you know how it be with these people. Yes, that is true. That is, is, is definitely true, and... If I'm not mistaken, everything that happened was you and Battlecat have been going back and forth, back and forth, match after match after match, and you all tied no. once again last night, and you wanted to no. go to Trivia. He didn't want to go to Trivia. If, if, am no, I correct? No. no. What, what happened is, dude, this tournament was started like seven weeks ago now. It should have been over three to four weeks ago, but there was ties upon ties in the first round. Then we have the second round. Then we have the shutout. Then we had more ties. And then last night for the final, me and Battle Cat tied again. Not (laughs) that was our first match in the tournament, but there was yet another tie. So I said, let's do trivia and quit dragging this out. And he said that he was going to quit if it came down to trivia. So I decided I was just going to concede and let his ego win. Then I get hit up 
by Susie and the board of directors, and after having a talk, catching my cool, I agreed to a sudden death one-fall match. Whoever gets the first pick wrong loses. We need to put this to sleep. Dragging it out is no good. That is absolutely amazing. Whoever... I don't think that that's ever been done in the FWWC. Whoever gets the first pick wrong loses. Wow. Talk about, about uh, stress. You know, it, are, are, are you stressed about this, or, or do you just no, not? No, I'm not. <laughs> like, I mean, I should be stressed, and I'm not stressed because I can say my record speaks for itself against Battlecat, but I don't care about my record at this point. At this point, I'm just ready to end this, and I'm ready to hurt dude, and that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. He thought getting stabbed with a fork last night was bad. I'm going to hurt him, plain and simple. Mm. I'm done playing around. I'm done arguing. I'm done talking. It's time to get these hands. Absolutely. That sounds like a absolutely amazing, brutal match. Now, you know, Remy Ricks, we've got all these new people in the FWWC. What does Remy Ricks think of these new tag team, uh, I believe it's Lucky Flowers? What does Remy Ricks think of them? I'm not even going to lie, dude. They're uh, coming in kind of on fire. I'm actually Mm -hmm. digging it. Like, the first week they got here, Lucky Luchador won his first match. Uh, Jessica Flowers tied. And then they had a tag team match, and and Lucky had another singles. Yes, he lost his singles match, but they tied with the tag team champions in their third match ever in the FWWC. And they're already tying with the tag team champions. That is definitely going props. to, yeah. That is definitely going to get everybody's mind, everybody's eyes are on these new new tag team. And with the the, the pick'em happening this Friday, which brand do you see these two newbies on? Do you see them on the Infinite brand? Do you see them on the Inferno brand or Rise brand? Well. Me personally, and I've said this to a couple of people as well, I like that they're a tag team. I like what they do together. But I think that they should be split up for a little bit and see what each one can do solo. So I would prefer each one of them to go to a different brand for a little bit and see how they can handle that solo life in the FWWC. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, so the last thing before we let you you go, I saw your promo today, and Remy Ricks, you called out a man that has struck fear in many, many men's eyes in the FWWC. You called out Marcus Mayhem for his hardcore championship. Are you nuts? Do you know what Marcus Mayhem does to people just in his promos? Jonesy, I'm kind of disappointed in you because you say that you're a fan of mine, and if you were a fan of mine, you would know 
that I am not scared of anybody in the FWWC, whether it be a vampire, whether it be a devil, a father, whether it be a mafia-style rat dressed in a luchador mask, I am not scared of nobody in the FWWC. And as it stands right now, I am the only one that Marcus has not beat, but I beat him. Wow. Wow. And and this, if when you go against Marcus Mayhem, hopefully it's a 1v1 match because, you know, Remy Ricks has not had a 1v1 match for a championship yet. So I think that Remy Ricks is due for a 1v1 for a championship. What do you say, Remy? Well, of course I agree because I do what I'm asked for the team and everything I can. And Sister Hoffs, the general manager of, of Inferno, informed me that if Marcus Mayhem accepts the match, it is a go. There is no tournaments. There is no qualifying. It will be me and Mayhem one-on-one at SummerSlam. Awesome. All right, well, Remy, anything else you want us to know before we let you go, sir? <clears throat> Pay attention to the page tonight because um, – Remy's got a couple of drinks, and I gotta have, and I gotta sit down and have me a little chat with Battle Cap before tomorrow. Other than that, that's it. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That was Remy, motherfucking Ricks. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go and bring in the next caller for the FWWC. Segment that is one and only hardcore sis. How are you doing, sis? How's things I am going? I'm doing just great there. I'm doing great. You know, not a um, sorry there, nightmare. It's I'm doing just awesome. How are you tonight? I'm doing absolutely amazing. So I'm gonna ask you the same thing that I asked Remy Ricks. So we've got this new tag team with these these new people in the FWWC, Jessica Flowers and Lucky the Luchador, and they seem to be on fire. With the Pick'em coming up this Friday, do they have Hardcore Sisters' eyes? Is, is Hardcore Sisters looking at these these new people that have joined the FWWC? We got to know. Well, you know, of, of course. Of course they've got my attention, and of course I, I'm watching them. And, you know, you're right. They're on fire. And, I mean, before the Notorious Nightmares even won their tag title, you know, there was some back and forth between them on the page. So I scheduled a match with them, and they came in, and they stood toe-to-toe with the Notorious Nightmares. So, you know, you got to give them credit. If they can take on our tag champs and stand toe-to-toe with them, then, hey, you know, they've got to be pretty good. So, you know, you got to give these folks credit. They've come in here, they've been on fire, and they've stayed there. So, yeah, I'm keeping my eye on them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the the other thing that I wanted to uh, talk about was, you know, Daniel Grimm has, you know, he got traded to the Rise brand. He's the Intercontinental Champion. He is the European Champion. And if I'm not mistaken, last night, Daniel Grimm became a 3 a, uh, a a a three time champion. He beat Papa Murphy 
for the Spartans championship. What do you think about Daniel Grimm holding three titles once again? Well, you know, I've got to give Mr. Grimm credit. He He's able to do exactly what he needs to do. He's, he's able to go out there and get these matches and do what he has to do. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for the talent he does have. The only problem I see with Daniel Grimm is he's a little conceited. He's a little on the, you know, I'm the best side. And when it comes time for him to defend those titles, those title defenses is where he chokes. He can get those titles do a good job, but when it comes time to defend him, he always chokes. So let's see how long he holds on to these three titles. Sooner or later, he's going to have to defend them, and, well, all I can say is I'm going to send him some cough syrup. <laughs> that you That is is definitely true. Uh, so we, we, we do have our, our special guest coming on. So last question. Uh, everybody saw the promo that you cut today. Remy Ricks against Battle Cat. Sudden death tomorrow. The first person to lose, the first person to, to get one pick wrong loses. I believe that this is the first time that has ever happened in the FWWC. Well, you know, I got to tell you, one thing Hardcore Stiff likes to do is move that needle. You know, I like to set some standards and set some things. And the Inferno team is always one that likes to set things on fire. Now, I can't take full credit for that match. I really can't. Because i got to tell you, I was in a meeting with the BOD, and, you know, things were being thrown around, and someone threw that idea out there, and I ran with it. I thought that was an excellent idea, and I said, you know what, that is exactly how we're going to settle this. And so I chose to go ahead and do just that. So... You know, I, I just think that this is a match that, like you say, it's never been done before. It's a it's a new kind of match, and who knows? It, it could set a standard around here when we have things like matches that just seem to go on forever and ever because the two opponents just keep tying each other. You know, sometimes, you know, people don't want to do things the way everything else is done, and they, they each have their own opinion. And in order to please everybody, you just can't. So every now and then you've got to step up, you've got to bite that bullet and say, hey, let's do this because this is going to settle it and this is the way it's got to be. And that's what I did. So this match tomorrow night, sudden death, good luck, fellas, because you're both going to need it. So that's all there all right. is to Any, that. Anything else, hardcore sis, before we let you go? Nothing more than just saying, you know, good luck to Remy tomorrow night. Good luck to Battle Cat tomorrow night. And thank you both you fellas for all your hard work, but one of you is going to walk out of there the Legends number one contender. I'm real happy to see that. And to the rest of my team, thanks, because since we've been back, we have been on fire, and we have been showing everybody why we're the team to beat. And even you, Nightmare Jones, thank you so much for everything that you do on my team. My team makes me look good. And I appreciate all they do. God bless you. Well, thank you. Bless your hearts. Bless your hearts. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That was the FWWC segment. Mr. Rodell, are you back with us, sir? I am, brother. How's it going? It is going absolutely amazing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to bring in our next guest. This gentleman 
is a former junior dance champion from Star Search. He's followed professional wrestling as he traveled the world with his family. He's followed his brother's uh, footsteps. He's, he's made his wrestling debut in 2000 against Rocky Romero and Ricky Reed. This gentleman has been absolutely everywhere. This, ladies and gentlemen, it is all honor to bring in the one and only Brandon Gatsby. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, How are you tonight? Hey, man. I'm doing good. I'm having a good day today to be honest with you. Uh, nice out here in California. Got 85 degree weather. Uh, just moved down here to Chino, and I'm sitting in the parking lot of a grocery store because uh, we ain't got no phone service at the house. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> see? 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 Yeah, but I see, my car, so I'm good. Exactly. He's he, he's so excited about about the podcast that that he's sitting in his car, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for taking time out of of your busy schedule. And and I guess I gotta ask, you know, you're a former junior dance champion on Star Search. Now I remember watching <laughs> Star Search when I was a little kid. So uh, can you tell us about yep. your time on Star Search? Yeah. Um, so back back when I was little. Uh, you know, my brother's four years older than me. He got into gymnastics, and um, I started to do gymnastics. But um, what I was told, you know, in gymnastics, I do a salute to the judge before you do your, do your uh, routine and everything. Um, I guess I guess I would salute and then turn to the crowd and wave to them and just kind of be a ham. And so. Uh, <laughs> So I was uh, I was more on the entertainment side than I was uh, on the gymnastics like that end of it. So my mom my mom put me into dance, and from there the, the studio in, it was in Arizona. They formed this little dance group, and we uh, auditioned for Star Search. The dance group was called Four Boys and a Babe in '91, and um, you know we went on there and we we literally got perfect scores every show. We won the whole show, all the way through ten ten episodes. And uh, from there, from there, we we, we went on to tour and do, do other stuff in Japan and um, Italy and just they brought us to a lot of places just to go and perform, dancing, <laughs> one or two dance numbers. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that, now, that's, that's how that started. Yeah, absolutely. That that that's absolutely amazing. You know, being able to be, you know, on on you know on, on TV and and you know not be uh, nervous and and. And whatnot, and and I'm sure that you know being on TV at such an early age that that helped you, you know, with you know being uh, able to perform at wrestling shows and in, in front of you know a bunch of bunch of people. Uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go ahead and allow my uh, co-host for tonight, Chris, to come in and ask a couple of questions. So, Chris, it's yeah. all yours, sir. Hi, yeah, man. Chris. Uh... It's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, just a question. Uh, I I asked. I know I probably asked this question to everybody, but uh, how did you get started in the wrestling business, and uh, who trained you, and uh, what influences did you have? 
This is a hilarious story. So, um, so um, rest in peace to my dad. But uh, um, when I was little, my first my first ever wrestling um, was uh, watching WrestleMania six, Hogan and Warrior, and um, it's it's one of the it's one of the many things or a few things you could say me and my dad, my brother had in common. So from from that from there, I've always watched it. Fast forward after all the Arizona the dancing and. Um, we moved out to California for me to pursue my dancing, professional dancing, doing background dancing and for shows and concerts and stuff. And um, but I always watched wrestling. And and back then, like back right before the Attitude Era and all that, when we moved, it's 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 not something you would think. As of like now, you would think. Back then, you didn't think. Oh, this is something I could get into. I could go learn this. It's just it was just one of those like. You never had that thought, you know. You didn't know there were schools, and just wasn't there wasn't social media to promote it and all that. It was just, it was just like more underground. And um, so, fast forward to high school, I'm doing a, I do a skit at a lip sync show. So the whole lip sync show, and in between, they had to do skits so the next number could set up. So I did. We, me and my buddy did a, a, a wrestling skit. I was Stone Cold. He was The Rock. This is when Rock and Stone Cold were. In their in their height of their uh, mini feuds, but um, we did this skit and like I got thrown off the stage. I took the rock bottom on the stage, thrown into the wall, thrown out the door. And um, my buddy, who I basically started in the business with tag team wise, he was already going to wrestling school and he saw me at the lip sync show. I think he found me the next day and invited me to a class. And I tell you, man, once I got to that class, I stepped in that ring. And my my smile there had man my my ear to ear smile and that was it like all you had to do all all you had to do was step in the ring hit the ropes fall down and you're like I'm sold done deal and so um that that's kind of, that's kind of how I got to my very first wrestling class and that that's the and I still actually go help train and I go train at the same place it's in San Bernardino it's called School of Hard Knocks Empire Wrestling Federation. Um, it was the promotion name, School Hard Knocks for the school. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got to start. And as um, as Joe was saying a little earlier, the, the, what helped me tremendously with, with my, uh, like, timing, footwork, balance, all that, acrobatics, is, is, is the gymnastics I did, the dance I did, and even the performance-wise, because I did singing. I, I did a um, – I, I performed at an international festival in Chile. Um, called Festival Vino del Mar in 2002, and I represented the United States. It was like 18,000 fans, and um, like I sang, like I sing, I, I have a weird eclectic thing of skills I do. But um, but everything, everything that my parents like helped me to do and, and got me classes and everything, because everything is molded and is all usable within wrestling, within performing. Like I'm, I'm a performer. I will always be a part of performing arts in some way, shape, or form. That's just who I am. But it's and it's because of all the stuff that they got me into. You know, playing piano, I can play guitar, like just just performance in general, being an artist. Do you, um, Brandon? Do you feel? Question was. <laughs> yeah, Brandon. Do you feel like your dancing training helps with wrestling training? Can it be uh, oh, intertwined? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know, I'm, you yeah. know what I'm trying to say. I mean, the, does yeah, does one help the when other you're in that more? ring? 
Right. Well, when you're when you're in that ring, I mean, you're dancing with somebody in in a sense. You know what I mean? Like uh, you when you lock up with somebody, it's a, you're in a dance. So in a sense, it, it, it's all about footing, timing. You know, when you when you're doing the dance class and you have a bunch of other kids in class and you guys got to do formations and change, all your footwork's got to be on point. And um, actually, actually, that was one of my uh, compliments I got at one of the WWE tryouts. Was um, I was actually being looked at by. Um, by Armstrong, referee, and he was noticing my footwork. So I actually, they were starting to get interested in me as far as being a referee. But um, yeah, there's no doubt, like, the dancing helps with all that. Same thing with the gymnastics. It's just, you know, I do like a self special over the top rope and stuff like that. Like, I mean, none of that's really possible without some type of gymnastics or tumbling or, you know, unless you just throw it. You always can just throw it. But. I mean, I I put mine on my feet, so um, it's very helpful. Very, very helpful. Oh, I yeah, absolutely. You know, being being able to incorporate your dance into uh, that is is absolutely amazing. So you followed your father's footsteps. You know, his athletic profession is fantastic and wrestling. In 1998, at the School of Hard Knocks, uh, you were trained by Jesse Hernandez and Phil Anderson. What was it like training at the uh, School of Hard Knocks? I'm sorry, you were, you were, uh, you were cutting out. Um, you said in, in when I went to training, what was it like at the training? Yes, what was it like training at the oh, School okay. of uh, Hard Knocks? Yes. Intimidating. Man, you <laughs> walked in there, it was... Uh, that <laughs> was Rocky Romero. It was uh, Frankie Kazarian. I think Chris Daniels was there. A um, bunch of guys still kind of around, Bo Cooper. Um, but, yeah, it was intimidating. I was 15 years old. I was a 15 years old, and I was probably a buck 40. Um, so uh, if you could just imagine being a buck 40 in there with guys at 210, 200, slamming you around. I mean, it's uh, – luckily, I was that young, man. You, you – it was on a weekday too, so it was like do it and go to school in the morning. There till like it was eight to eleven. You got home at midnight and get up and go to school. Mm-hmm. And you didn't feel nothing when you're younger, you know. As you start to get older, man, those uh after a match, you sure be waking up like, dang, did a little too much last night. <laughs> but uh, back then, though, but it was intimidating because like you know you, you walked in there, you you you, you paid your dues and in, in the sense of you paid for class. You can step on the mat until you pay for class. Make sure, you know, the the older guy make sure you pay class. That's part of it. There's a lot of there's a lot of that type of respect, like kind of lost these days in some of the schools. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you got in there and you bumped you bumped around like you didn't do you didn't do anything. You hit the ropes and you bumped for for a month or two. Like we didn't have our first match till 2000, so I bumped around and trained for a whole year. Uh, 13 months before we had our match, 13, 14 months. But it, um, the whole atmosphere was cool, though, because it was just in this just a small little building where, mm-hmm. you know, if you go east to west, you couldn't hit the ropes hard because your, your elbow you hit the wall, right? So north yeah. to south is how you run the ropes because there's no wall. But then all the walls, Jesse and Bill had it just, just nothing but wrestling posters, pictures, Autographs, just like it was, just like it was the ideal, just ideal place to be, just 
you're surrounded by it. So it was cool. Like, you know, you fall down, you hurt him a little bit, and you look up, and you see this big old uh, paper heat poster for SummerSlam or something, and it's like, nope, put your butt up, keep going. It was really, it was really cool. It, was, it had a really cool feel and just, like, really, like, low-key um, feel to it. Just in the heart of San Bernardino. It's, in, like, in nowhere. Okay. Very cool, very cool um, scenario there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you trained in, uh, you know, you know, uh, at, at the time when you know training was was absolutely brutal. And you know, so I I, I got to know what do you say when somebody says, "Oh, you know, you're a professional wrestler." Isn't that stuff fake? Because I know that that gets on my nerves whenever I hear that. But you know, as a professional wrestler, how do you deal with that when somebody's like, isn't that fake? <laughs> you know, earlier on, it used to it used to make me upset. I used to get upset. I, I, I never really knew how to approach it. Um, now I'm able to laugh it off because I already, I know all my injuries. I know how my body feels. And, and to me, it's like, it, it, it's, it's all a sense because of like my background as a performer in general, like just, just the performing art. Um, and that's how I, I, wrestling is an art form, man. And, and what I, what I say is just like it depends on how you want to look at it. If you want to look at it as uh, predetermined, scripted, it's like it's like okay. I mean that that's more that's more when you get to that that bigger level. But like like on, on my end, it's like I'm going out there. I'm painting a picture for you guys. I'm telling you a story. Like you can either look at it as theatrical play. Or you can look at it as athleticism, sports, is how the physical physicality of it. I mean, because that's, that's that stuff. Sorry, I don't know what the cursing rule is here, but um, that stuff is not um, that's not fake. You know, it, it well, it's it's a two before, a piece of padding and some metal beams. I'm like, you want to go fall on that for three hours of training? Yeah. So it it just it depends. And and nowadays, it, I don't hear it that much. I don't hear it as often as oh you're a professional wrestler, um, in a negative in a negative tone that much anymore. And maybe it's because most people like that I, I um, deal with are can see kind of see what what it what it's done and what it does for me. Like my daughter's dance studio, like the, some of the families would come to the shows and, and like they know it's like you don't even you don't even question that it's fake anymore in that sense. Like if you, if you really think about it, I guess, or if they think about it, it's not, I don't know, I don't, I, I just have, I don't get that question that often anymore, right? don't uh, it, when it, they it, say, when they say, is it fake, it's like, uh, it's just how you want to look at it, like, I look at it as there's athletes out there putting their life on the line, busting their butt to entertain you, it's not, I it's not fake, I it's say just that fake scripted, at all. I wouldn't call that fake, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like going to watch a play. It's like okay. going to watch a play, like what Hamilton just came out on, uh, you know, Disney Plus. You know, that, that's yes. it's like going to watch a play. That's literally what it is. And the difference between Hamilton or any play, Lion King, whatever you want to call, what play in wrestling is that ours wrestling can change. You can snap a finger and the whole story can change. The whole script can change by one move, by one one action can change the whole script. So yeah, you could call it scripted. I've been in a match where I, I have a total last minute, man. All right, switch to finish. 
You know, we were we were building a whole store, and they're like, change it in the middle of the ring. It's like, okay, that's not that's not scripted. Now it's improv. You know, you know, and you, you, yeah. So I don't I don't get it as as often as I used to back back when it still wasn't so mainstream. You know, like when I was training and stuff, I'd be like, yeah, I'm training in wrestling. You know, you get that, but at 15 or 16, I didn't really care what anyone said. I was that man. I think it took like six months for a smile to get off my face when I'd get punched or slammed and stuff because I just couldn't believe I was doing it. <laughs> it took me a while. I well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and throw it to my uh, co-host of the night, Chris, because I know he's got some more questions. So, Chris, are you with us? Oh yeah. All right. Go go right ahead, Chris. Hey, Chris. Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah. are you with us? All right, well, Chris is going to dial back back in. So I guess that I'll go ahead and ask another question while waiting on that. So yeah. you have some uh, extensive audio knowledge. Uh, you work as a sound engineer for various movies for, for Sony Pictures. How did, did you get... Uh, into being a sound engineer is that something that you wanted you've always wanted to do or well as um um so I went to recording engineering school um I've always been I've always been into music I I released an album actually I'm I'm a singer songwriter music producer um audio engineer so um like I I released a whole album in South America and uh, that's how I did that performance in Chile but um so I've always been into music, and that's from that's probably from because of the dance stuff. Um, that's where the music kind of got into me. And um, so I taught myself piano, taught myself guitar. I, I, I taught myself how to make music, produce. And um, so from there, I always produced music. But at this job that my, my wife got me a job at where I was just a PA, which is basically you do runs and you make deliveries, it was for a company called New Wave Entertainment. And I mean, we work for Fox, we work for Sony. We do um, like all what I mix, what I do audio engineering wise, mix wise is like all the little TV spots you see on, um, or even the digital ads on Hulu or YouTube or um, or even commercials on TV. The little like 30 second trailers you watch to, that promotes the movie, right? I do the audio for those. I ma- I do the audio mixing for those, and I, I work on the Sony side, so mostly Sony Pictures movies or. Uh, like last week, I did like two Disney commercials, but um, yeah. So, so from the music production side, there wasn't really a music production avenue at this company. But there was mixing, there was engineering. So I already knew how to mix music. I needed to learn how to mix trailers with dialogue and, and music and sound effects and all that. Not just not just like pianos and drums and stuff. So um, yeah, I just started learning that, and then that's been um, that's been my blessing. I work graveyard. I work at 10 p.m. And I work either all through the night, or if it's slow and there's nothing going on, I'll go in. I'll be off by midnight. It's kind of a, it's kind of a really good. It's a very, very good position for me because I was working days and early evenings, and I live an hour away from my job, so I wasn't able to be at home with the wife and kids for dinner and stuff like that. And now since I got this 10 p.m. gig, man, I get all day with my family, especially now with COVID, right? Definitely have all day with my family. And then I can have dinner with them, and then I can leave and go to work, and they go to bed. And so it's um it's definitely been a blessing. And just the whole audio stuff came from uh, me. Uh, my wife actually gave me a little 
boot in the butt to, um, you know, step it up at work, like, like, you know, move on up. Cause I was, I was just staying in, in the mail room. Basically I was complacent because mm-hmm. all I was, was focusing on wrestling, but I needed to, um, you know, step up, work on a salary and get something going. So thanks to her, you know, she pushed me and I focused and got it. So awesome. Brandon, I got, I have to ask that yeah. question. I, I this is my other question. I always ask people, what the, is your what is your favorite match you've ever been a part of? Ever been a part of? Ooh. Oh. Give me like ten seconds on that one. Oh, I, man, because uh, it's hard to answer. Okay, so. So maybe I had a nice last man standing match with uh, Tommy Wilson. He's out here out of SoCal also. And um, it was, uh, I guess why it was one of my favorites is because something clicked in that match. There, there's certain opponents you get in the ring with. Like, like they put us in the ring that we had a like long feud, but like they put us in the ring for just, just a match, just a one-off. And, um, it was like instant chemistry, right? And it, it's like those those are a lot of times are hard to come by because we were trained by different people. We had never really met each other, never worked out in the ring, nothing. And then we had a match, and like it just clicked. And so this this last man standing match I had with him, there was something about it that um, clicked for me where it was like I understood the fans. I understood what was happening with the fans. And he brought a different side of me out in the ring. It was, it was like, it was a certain part of me, this aggression, this desperation, this emotion that I actually never felt before in a match. And, and when, when, when that happened, like, um, it was like the end of the match. I, I, I blocked something. I gave him a stunner, powerbombed him onto a ladder. And I just stood there in pain trying to keep stand up so he would fall down and I win the last man standing. And I remember, like, I actually had a tear come down my face just because, like, whatever emotion it was, and I can't describe what emotion it was, it was just, it was just something. Whatever it was, it, it happened. And then, like, man, I was like, get up! Get up! And it, uh, I got chills just thinking about it. But um, that's probably one of my favorites because um, I learned I learned something. And, and what what it did for me um, made me realize I need to do that for others when I wrestled. I need to like bring something out of them. I have a, you, I have a. Just, go ahead. You just get those goosebumps that after a, a moment like that. I, as being a ring announcer, I've had, I've been part of several moments like that. You know, it's just kind of like, ooh, this is a moment that's bigger than what what we expected before right. we went it's, in. It's more it, so. than on the surface. It's way more than what what you're seeing on the surface. Yeah, definitely. Like I have this. Uh, there's a tiny. I don't know. There's a tiny little reputation I had at the school that. Well, everyone everyone sometimes is a, is afraid to uh, afraid to go work with me, and I always tell them I'm like, give me. I tell them if you don't give me 100, percent I'm gonna take it. And, and I, what, what they think that I'm being intense and stuff, but what they're not understanding is, is that I'm going out there and giving you my 100. If if your 100% isn't up to my 100%, that's okay. Wherever your 100 is, and I'll know, I'm in there with you. 
we've been training with you, but I, I can feel it with the guy. I can feel if they're giving me their 100 or not. If you're not giving me your 100, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you until you give it to me, right? But if you give it to me and, it, and it's like lower than mine or it's more than mine, then I got to step mine up. If it's lower than mine, I'll step down but as long as you're giving me 100. As long as you're giving me 100%. And some people take that as, you know, because there's, there's times where I, the guy will punch me and it's like, like, okay, that was a decent punch, but, you know, th- that's not your 100. So I'll stand there, look at him, I'll push him. I said, hit me again, hit me again, chop me, come on, bring it. And then once they fire up, then I'm like, all right, lock up with me, let's go. That's when we're going. When you feel that feeling right there, let's go, let's fight, you know? And so, like, I'm, I'm trying to bring that out because no one wants to watch someone give – 50% and the other one trying to give 100, I mean, that's just that's just going to be a cluster in the ring. Um, so the, I, I, I completely understand that you have to have the, you have to have the trust in the other person as well as just your trust in you. I've seen people train here down here at the Dynamo Pro Dojo and stuff like that. So uh, I have one more question to you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is a this is a challenge. I'm I'm throwing out a challenge. Okay. They they do this thing on the Wrestle Talk podcast, the Game Show Challenge, and um, I want to. I'm. I. You know what? I'm calling you out, Brandon. Do you challenge? Right. Will you accept my challenge in the Wrestle Talk podcast Game Show Challenge? Oh, you yes, heck yeah. <laughs> Joe, 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 you there? Yes, sir. He all took. Right. He took Bring my that challenge, bed, Joe. Ring that bell. I'm ready for this. It's all you, brother. All right. Intro, Timmy. Go ahead and hit that music, This is going to be the Russia Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are Brandon Gatson and the voice of Dynamo Pro Wrestling, Chris Rodell. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's Game Show Challenge. All WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is titled All in the Family. I will give you information about three famous professional wrestling families, and when you think you know who I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's contest. So, like I said, I'm going to give you a couple clues. Whoever, if you think you know the answer, just shout out your answer. Do you gentlemen understand? I understand. Going down, man. All right. (laughs) Question number one. All right. Name the professional wrestling family that has had the the following wrestlers. Reed, David. Claire. Charlotte and Vic. Claire. Which is it? Claire. Claire is correct. Brandon Gatson nah. has gotten the first the the uh, the first fall. All right, Chris. I, I, I want you. I want you to. I just wanted to be on record. I've never won one of these. Just so you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Question I'm number two. I'm a little confident with that challenge. 
Question number two. This family had the following wrestlers. Bruce, Keith, Hart, Hart. The Hart family is correct. I heard Brandon again. So, Brandon, you won tonight. your challenge, but... <laughs> But we are going to go ahead and ask the question three. Hopefully, Chris Rodeo does not get prepped by uh, Brandon because I would hate for him to call Brandon out and then end up getting swept by him. So, <laughs> Re- Redeem yourself, Chris. Question. Redeem yourself. Here is question number three. Name the following wrestling family that had the following wrestlers. Chris, Mike, David, Kevin. Von yep. Eric yep. is correct. Yep. Yep. Brandon Gatt, you have won the Russia Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. So here is your music, sir. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they say that And they say that And they say that And Chris, don't worry Chris We do have music For you too, sir So, intern Timmy If you could please play Chris's music (laughs) Oh, that's enough of that. <laughs> I see him walking down the railroad tracks. Railroad tracks is a little thick. <laughs> right. Now, any, any, anyway, after this embarrassment, Brandon, it has been a pleasure talking to you tonight. Uh, will you yeah. shout out your social medias, your Facebooks, your MySpace, your Instagram, your Twitter, your YouTube, whatever you got. Shout it out for the every, family. Everything, everything is at Gat House. So my last name is Gat, since it's G A T and House. So you got Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, everything's at Gat House. Um, yeah, that's I guess that's that's pretty simple. Um, I also want to throw out I I started uh, doing some quickly. Um, I started doing some different type of training. You know, I'm, I'm really late on late on in my career, but I found it to be very helpful. Been doing some boxing and some uh, you know MMA type of training lately with uh, uh want to kick on instagram at want to kick w uh w-o-n to kick um it's out here in california but man it's uh i think i'm gonna come back like probably <laughs> the latest in my career but in the best shape of my life it's uh it's pretty intense it's very helpful too that that's completely awesome. awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for joining us tonight. We hope that you enjoyed yeah. your uh, and, and you will forever now be part of the Russell Talk Podcast family. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Just I'll come last thing, you just, guys want, man. Anytime you guys need me. Awesome. Know. That that was the the last question I was going to answer. I was like, just make sure that that you promise to come back, and you've already promised. So so we will be. In touch, and we would definitely have you back on again. Thanks for calling, Chris. You've been awesome. Thanks, man. I'll see you later. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Take care. All right. Man, that's been awesome. What an awesome show. Chris Rodell, I want to thank you. This is is 
I, honestly, Joe, thank you for. I I know I'm a la- I know I was a last minute fill in because of what happened with Renee and everything. We hope everything's good, and I enjoyed myself. Both interviews were awesome. I did embarrass myself during the game show challenge, but hey, you know what? I'm used to embarrassing myself all the time. So, but thank you for thank you for having me. I will come on any. You know, I'm happy to be here anytime that you need somebody, as long as my schedule is open. Because you know, I'm 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 so busy with everything, and so. But uh, thank thank you for having me, and I hope we hope we can do this again soon sometime. Joe. Oh, before should. before I go, I forgot. I I. I have to plug the Black Wrestlers Matter show one more time. I was, if I don't, Luke was Luke will kill me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that show is going to take place in Des Moines, Iowa, on Saturday, August the twenty second. The main event. Let, let's go to this main event. Tell me you don't. You're not excited about this. ACH versus JDX. Is that that's that's the main event? I know. And apparently. They just announced that American Fury John West is going to take on Mike Outlaw. Mm. We all know about Mike Outlaw. Who doesn't love Mike Outlaw? Uh, Faye Jackson is going to take on Devon Moore. Jossie is taking on Airwolf. Jocelyn Navarro versus Brooke Johnson versus Station. That and a whole lot more. If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com and the, uh, the order of the Black Wrestling Matters t-shirt, if it's number one, they're going to make an extra donation to the show. So it's going to be a great night of action. I, I just wanted to put that out there. I hope that everyone has a good night. Joe, take it away to finish it off. Awesome, but Chris, once again, thank you, so for coming on to the podcast tonight, for filling in. You've been absolutely 100% amazing, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode 309 of the Rest of Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. Anton Timmy, go ahead and play us out. Podcast episode 309. Ladies and gentlemen, until next week, we out. Peace.